Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Yeah, if you can take anything away from the pre-interview, it's that we have pl- plenty of opinions about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about carpet. All right. <laughs> Shag versus industrial. Yes. I can tell you we could probably all just, we could probably talk the whole interview about that. Yes. Shag gets too dirty. That's just uh, my opinion. Yeah. You're right. Shagging is too dirty. Shagging is dirty. <laughs> That's where we start. It's a Zach Seng show. We got Heather, we got Dan, we have Hello. Isaac, Taylor, and Zach Hanson Hello. in the studio. All right. Just so everyone knows, I'm Isaac Lowe. <laughs> Isaac's, Isaac's turning on his, his radio voice, yeah. his love line voice. <laughs> wow. Really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Much nicer than anything I have. Doesn't it feel good? It's kind of buttery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Smooth. <laughs> but it's so buttery that it might be like unrelatable, but then mm. you just build like this whole like vision of what people yeah. think you look like. Uh, yeah. Should I give that. a disclaimer that we've been up for like 20, <laughs> 20 hours or something like that? Well, you guys are like hardcore on the uh, on the road. Like this is no, yeah. Yeah. your touring has not stopped. It hasn't, yeah. And this is this whole year has been crazy. I mean, we um, this year we really made a thing of celebrating being a band for 25 years. Which is and a freaking major accomplishment. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, like, exactly. like 25 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seriously. It's amazing that we haven't killed each other yet. Yeah, yeah. That's that actually, we're celebrating 24. not having killed each other. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, so that tour officially started, you know, in the spring and then we went you know, all over the world. And, and just, you know, this day and age to still be able to go places, you know, and, and tour and have, you know, fans that are truly engaged and it's not just a one-off but have real fans that's yeah. amazing and so this is a continuation now where we we put out a christmas record which we 20 years ago we made one we made another one now and we thought well what you know 20 years later we took a long time let's look let's drop that this year let's kind of finish yeah. off this year with something special so we're, we're doing a few shows around that finally it's christmas that's right yes, yeah. it is finally why <laughs> have you guys been able to last 25 years Oh, well, you don't. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> stay serious because oh, we're gonna go okay. off so easily. <laughs> I feel like um, Isaac questions the entire it. existence. No, yes, I question everything. Uh, he just loves to ponder things. Um, <laughs> the the thing about it, in, in truth, is you don't take it. You, you take it a day at a time, and you you're always thinking about the future. I mean, the thing that's that's funny about this whole year is we've spent so little time sitting around doing the hey, you know, remember when? Like we don't really spend much time reminiscing. Yeah. But this year. Um, we're going, you know what? This is a big landmark. It's hard to ever reach this point. And the reason that you have a history is because we're always thinking about the future yeah. mm-hmm. and you're still interested. And I think a lot of, and you see this happen with bands that we admire, um, you know, ones that we think are great, but still can fall in these traps. So you reach a certain point where you, it's easy to try and flip it on autopilot because you have a catalog or you have an audience or you think mm-hmm. you know, and people start getting comfortable putting you in a, in a category like, oh, you're this. And the thing that like, we've never been interested in that. Um, and we're, we're still hungry. And I think that, that hunger, that desire for the next thing, that's really, you know, that's what keeps you going. Otherwise, you know, you would just phone it in and yeah. you know do your one little run and just try to make enough money to yeah. feel good each year. And, and, but this is, this is our passion. I mean, let's be real. You could, you could milk Mbop for all it's worth, right? Like you could really ride that. I, I suppose you I could. Mean, milk. I mean, yeah. think about it. Uh, I mean, hops, the beer. Come, a, wait. Is it a cow milk? <laughs> Are we talking about well, goat milk? I don't think, I don't think it would be successful in the end <laughs> no, to, no, to, to sit in, in autopilot things, but artists, get complacent, just like anybody has a career doing something, you find yourself going, hey, cruise control. But we, you know, we got into this so young yeah. that we 
we actually were into it completely for the music because it was too early in life to be in it for the sex and the drugs, right? It wasn't yeah, like, right. it's like rock and roll. That was it. Because yeah. we were, you know, people generally for... frown upon uh, 11 year olds with a crack habit. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Close enough and, people you know. I want to hang out with. <laughs> exactly. So the, the music is still like, the fire, you know? Does anyone not frown upon a crack habit? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're James Brown, it's a little bit like, well, he's James Brown. He's a little quirky. He can do it. You know, it's like, yeah. It's a sex machine. We can say it's yeah. That's we actually have a side project we've been working on. James Brownie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funk band. We just does funk covers. Because it's kind of like it's like it's kind of like James Brown, but it's not. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, just a little sweeter. Brownie. You know, you know? James Brownie. Yeah. We we thought about James Brown ish, but it just it's didn't quite sound. Brownie flows better. James Brownie would be be a great band. Yeah, exactly. But, but <laughs> always focused on the next thing, and I think I mean even this year, like we're um, you know we're doing the celebration, but the thing that we're, you know, we're already thinking about is the next is what's happening next. And, um, we're, you know, haven't announced the context of the tour, but we're going to do another tour next kind of later in the year. Got and, it. and it's all based on this idea of let's do something like, let's push ourselves, let's challenge ourselves. Yeah. And the fact that like the community of fans too, like you guys have fans that follow what you do. You, you realize that it's like, it's more about bringing people together and giving them a reason to celebrate. Like we were talking about the, you know, the superhero culture, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like you're the excuse for people to connect with each other and celebrate what like yeah. their life and their journey. And, you know, so, and you guys have done that really well from the very beginning. I mean, you, you released a fan magazine, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that's sweet. Like yeah. we wrote, you know, maybe yeah, in some exactly. cases was, <laughs> I haven't read that in a while. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we've always really, really cared about, about the relationship that we had with people because we, on some level or another, as a music fan first, you know, the, uh, any artist starts off as a fan yeah. because you've kind of like, you connect with something. You're like, wait, this music thing, this song this makes me feel thing, something. You makes know? Me, yeah, exactly. So you connect on a deep kind of, you know, primordial level, I guess, or something primordial ooze. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but, but anyway, um, and so when you're a fan first, I, I think we always found ourselves saying to ourselves, well, you know, we need to make sure that we, that we always think about it from the point of view of what would, what, what would I want if I were in standing in the audience, you know, yeah. in the audience, what would, uh, and not just what do I want to do as the band? Because I mean, inevitably you're going to favor what you want to do as a band, but you want to make sure that you consider the effect that it has on everybody around you and everybody that's watching and, and try and be respectful as much as possible of the experience that you're giving to other people. And, and, and our dad used to always say too, especially cause we were very young when we started, he used to always say things like, you know, when you meet somebody, remember this may be the only time ever for their entire life and yours that you ever meet them. So remember to take every opportunity that you have to say hello to people with a, you know, a, from the point of view of respect yeah. and, and caring yeah. for the well-being of that person. You're talking about fan can. magazine. I mean, to us, that's not, um, it's not about milking something. It's sort of the opposite. It's about creating something. Yeah. Right? Well, and you it's did a, that. It's, it's about this idea that um, by building deeper, bigger relationships, you create trust where your fans are they expect things of you. They they expect to go on journeys with you. And so the next album, the next project, whatever that thing is that you become interested in, they're willing to give you the benefit of the doubt because you're building not just something based on one song. Oh, I like that song on the radio, but it's sort of like the story behind the song, the person behind the story, the the life that inspired. Well, it's an journey. honest relationship. And, yeah, it's a and depth. So you know, yeah. though though you don't know someone personally, you have a vested interest in seeing them 
do well and seeing where they would take you next. And I, I can sit here and make the argument that you guys laid the groundwork for like what many, many bands then laid out with fan clubs and like the way they interact with mm -hmm. their fans. I do think that serving, serving the people that care the most about what you do and caring the most about them is the ground level. Yeah. That's got to be the ground level. At, at, all, right. at all points, no matter what, if you have people that really care about what you're doing and you are and you are not maybe, shall we say, putting enough emphasis on that, then you're going to have a problem. But if you put enough emphasis on that, it's like, uh, uh, well, I'll recommend, to, I'll recommend to everybody right now, read a book called Friction, uh, Passion Brands in the Age of Disruption. It's a fantastic book, uh, very 2017, and it just basically talks about how, uh, and I read this a few months ago and thought it was really, really cool and, and have kind of been evangelizing to people about it, um, but that, that basically it, it talks about that. It basically says, look, serve the audience that you have and, and strengthen that connection because the more you do that, uh, the better relationship you have, and in the long run, people... And it has to be honest, by the way. This can't be. This can't be put on. This people is not. People know when things are genuine and when they yeah, aren't. It has to be genuine. Stupid. It has to be real, because otherwise, people will see through it. Mm -hmm. But it makes sense, like any normal relationship that you would have with any individual human, right? The more you give in, exactly. the, more, the, the better they receive. The happier they are. They tell their friends that you're wow. you have this cool friend and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. You, is, that, you is that the whole point of this entire conversation? Yeah. I think yes. so. <laughs> we could have saved this twenty minutes. Just edit this down. Just that. Just build a relationship. Just like you would with your neighbor or your friend. But it really, I mean, it is fascinating. And you guys really did. Like, as somebody who came right after, like, your 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 major mainstream reign and really kind of latched on more to the Jonas Brothers, like, that was my brother boy group. Okay. You know, like, Does everyone have one? Maybe every generation might. I mean, at this point, maybe. I know Island Def Jam tried a few years ago with this group called Burnham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember them. I, yeah. Oh my God. And their 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 cell was that they had you guys at one point. So that's why <laughs> we had Hanson. So, so we killed it. <laughs> we Hanson. We almost killed their career. Look what we're Wait, gonna do, do to these guys. Did you think Those is that why they called guys. them Burnham? Because they burned us. Burned them down. <laughs> well, to be fair, Burnham was their last name, so they were oh. really they did nothing they used, they out did of the playbook. The, the Hanson model. I, so with that in mind, I actually Wait, think you, we were going towards a point. We were going towards a point before we. Well, does it kill you to see a group like the Jonas Brothers have a strong fan base yeah. and right and and at one point they are serving their P1s they are serving their most yeah. passionate fans but then all of a sudden I mean they all really kind of take it for granted they all feel like they're bigger than it and they go and do their own thing and you guys have been here 25 years later yeah. serving the same cause that you dedicated yourself to yeah. 25 years ago can, can I take this real quick because no. I think I do think for I one think we, for what I think actually I think all respect to the Jonas Brothers I actually yeah. think that we as a band are a lot more similar to a band like Haim okay mm -hmm. even because I think the Jonas Brothers comparison is kind of purely like the icing on the cake and I there's think three brothers they're three brothers and, and, and we've met them they're nice guys I have nothing against them in any way shape or form I wish them, you know, success all day yeah. long. Um, but obviously, they, I mean, I think their dynamic seemed to be a little different than ours. Uh, I, and, and I say that from just the personal interactions that we had with them, yeah. although they were a f very rare. And, and I think that they were kind of at the tail end of effective communication, maybe. Might, might have been well, that, they, but They seemed but, to not be driven by a, a naturally formed unit. 
Yeah, Whereas Heim is genuinely like they, I mean, with them it really was like Nick was doing his thing, and they decided to kind of form a group. Exactly, because he'd had some success on Broadway. Whereas Heim is this 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 ecosystem between them. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, and also the sitting Heim around girls going, are kind of they're kind of they're kind of punchy with each other in a way that we are. A we're also bit. not it's sitting around going, like, what other you know youth or brother or sibling like groups? How are they succeeding? Let's how do we compare ourselves? We're comparing ourselves to everyone. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're, we're not sitting. We we don't make we sit around. And write songs and produce songs and make music because we grew up listening like to everything from you know Chuck Berry to Aretha Franklin to Tom Petty to the Beach Boys to, Beach to Boys, U2. Yeah. I mean bands like U2 and Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty. I mean those those are careers we we mark time with. Those are ones that we aspire to, but we don't sit around and go, wow. They I mean consciously as professionals in the music business we see when someone's attempted to kind of take what hansen impact there has been and sort of use it i mean every time a new brother group or a new you know young male you know whatever comes out it's always like hansen like there's a hansen you know we'll get you know justin bieber when he first broke up was like we got so many requests like give him advice and we're like what what? you mean like keep your pants on besides that i mean so we we're not (laughs) sitting around going you know this was our mark of success. Our mark yeah. of success is us. Like we're we're marking our own. You know, it's sort of like I love the comment of the great re- runner Prefontaine. How he would, when he ran, he would just destroy people, right? Mm-hmm. And he would not just kind of win. He would just win like by a mile. And they'd say, "Why do you keep running? You already yeah. won." He's like, "I knew I could run faster." And so and he's I think like he's not running against. Himself. I'm not running against. Or sorry, he's not running, running against, against me. Yeah. yeah. So our, our not. It's not to say better or worse. It could be way worse or way better. But when we're thinking about our goals and our hopes, um, and that you know, it, it's more like what you have to give, and then you know, feeling like you left everything out on the like on the table, like you left it all on, on the field. Give your, yourself yeah. the reference. You know, the comparison is like that metaphor of did we walk in and put everything we could into every day, into every tour, into every album. And then ultimately, like, you see if that stands up to everything else that's out there, you know? How often do you guys create now? How often are you in the studio working? Or, you have the studio at your house, right? Well, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, I mean you we, have a downtown kind of a... Downtown space, yeah. Everything in one soup to nuts spot. I mean, I, mean, I you know, we, we're at least, at, at least, you know, once a year we're putting out EPs, and, it, and that's only just part of what we do, but that's the thing that we're definitely releasing. Uh, songwriting and other things like that, you know, and end up in LA and New York doing stuff like that throughout the year. Um, but you know, I mean, I think, I, I, I think, I, kind of to constantly. the constantly. I mean, yeah. I mean constantly, for, for yeah. me, um, so we we have this lucky thing of being artists for so long. I mean, I was six when we started the band, and so um, music creativity is sort of one side of that. And then there's like all kinds of other fields that you pursue yeah. that sort of fuel that. It's it's sort of the same way that playing live sort of makes you want to go back into the studio because you're sort of you're done with one, you're ready to do another. I mean, all kinds of visual arts, all kinds of. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're writing all the time because that's. I mean, that's how yeah. you. It's more like there. an addiction. You turn into a job, really. Mm. How yeah, is you know? your creative chemistry like? evolved over the years like how, how do you all like supply into a record like mm. I, mean, I mean as it evolved or devolved i'm not really sure i mean i you know i i, I think um you know we've got a lot of things that um 
that we're excited about doing. And I think a lot of things that we've, you know, I think we've had a lot to fight for since we were young artists, you know, beginning. I think we felt for a long time, uh, I think rightfully so, felt like, you know, we needed for people to kind of understand we were co- where we were coming from as mm-hmm. artists. And I think because of because of starting off as a young band, you kind of have a lot of like, you know, well, we're only going to prove this through time kind of thing going yeah. on. But now that we're into this, you know, 20, 25 years in, I think for all of us, we're, we're just a little bit like, screw it, man. And we can well, do whatever. It's whatever you want. Right. Let me say this yeah. about our creative process. I think it's as hard as it's ever been. Uh, yeah, I think um, that's fair. Writing, working together. Um, but that's partly by Does that mean choice. harder than it's ever been? Well, no. I, I think <laughs> we, um, we're all better at it than we ever were, right? Uh, that's a funny thing to we're say. We're absolutely the best band we've ever been. You know, like, how do you talk about creativity? I mean, the ability to sit down and start with a song idea and turn it into a finished something yeah. you're proud of. Like, we're better at that than we've ever been, but but we also put ourselves under way more pressure than we ever have. It's not like, well, when you're writing your first album, it's like, oh, we have, um, I don't know, six months, a year, three years, how long does it take? And when we made our third album, it was like, okay, we're going to sit down for four months and do it. Now, we many of our projects were like, okay, we're going to record in three days. Let's write five songs and pick three of them. Do you put yourself in those positions on purpose? Well, in part, I think it it has an amazing, um, it's amazing how stress and difficulty, I think oftentimes does pull out the strongest, best choices. And um, you see, I mean, there are huge bands that we admire love i think about a band like you too and you just hear from the outside they're like they made 17 albums and then they released one right and you go i don't know if that's how you make the best art like i don't know if that's actually like are you really more proud of the 17th album than the first album? Do you even remember what it was like when you made the fourth version of this song? Like when you recorded it at Well, we've made like a few yeah. different or, versions well, of songs before. You hear before a lot of artists lost. who, uh, and everybody's got their own process, but you know, it's like, well, we had 14 producers work on the tracks, and then I came in and I sang vocals. It's like, do you even know? What it was I, like partway through I think the process. It's, I think it's the main thing is it's losing perspective. I mean, there there are magical moments, and Absolutely. sometimes songs take a long time. I mean, yeah. they, sometimes they just they just cook and they just sit in the back of your mind, and then they arrive, and it's two years of ponder. I mean, but I think the main um, point Bob, is think about the main point is that those, it is also annoying. not only through deep procrastination and labor of, of that kind of labor and that that kind of like fear of your own shadow that great art is created. I think stepping up to really becoming craftsmen, I mean, we admire the Brill Building writers and we admire the, that that walked in every day and, and then came out with, you've, you've lost that loving feeling and on Broadway yeah. and, you know, I think the natural women. Though. But, but they also trained themselves. Like yeah. we, right. we started doing, um, we started doing these songwriting retreats about, well, ten more than years ago. 10 years ago, <laughs> 15, almost 15 years ago. And, and the idea was to bring people together that we wanted, that we were friends, relationships yeah. that we had, and also challenge ourselves. And every day for a couple of days, it's basically like writing camp. And you pair up with a couple of people and you write and record a song every day. And it's everybody from Adam Green, from the Moldy Peaches to Weird Al to um, to the Dixie Chicks Jason to Moran. Jason Mraz to like and, Andrew WK, Andrew WK. I mean, like you have Andrew WK and then like Stephen Trask, that's who so wrote cool. Hedwig and the Angry Inch music, like all in the same room. Like let's write a song. But here's what you learn: like one, 
you Ryan, you live up to like Ryan Beatty was at the one. Yeah, the last you you there. live up to like what you ask of yourself to a degree, yeah. and like when you sit in a room and you're looking across at somebody you admire, or you know, then you kind of go, dang, I gotta I gotta bring you gotta it. step up, yeah. I gotta yeah. bring it, and, and I think as creators as we go forward, like we we've tried to create a model in our in our continual lives as a band where if you can you're always in that feeling of i'm not afraid of what happens if i made myself do it today like i'm not afraid to do it and and in some cases like closing that in might actually um you know be the right thing to protect you know hey, that wasn't the best song of the day but it also might be that sharing that um is part of what builds that family but that's yeah. where the but that's yeah. where the fan club and that's where things like that is is the right thing because for us we have a kind of a deep Lennon. thoughts with hansen John on that Lennon. process a baby smoking <laughs> cigarettes and tell this what sounded right I mean, exactly like, come on that's not that's not about like giving yourself time that's about like hold on i gotta sound you know i just gotta do it yeah, yeah. exactly i gotta rasp it up oh well i'm not enough to- cigarettes in you have to have you have to have a craft you have to have a craft uh sort of focus you know i love the you know that that show whose line it is anyway that you know ran forever um oh. it was so funny all improv all improv but i love that them talking about how they practiced eight hours a day to be that spontaneous but, yeah. that, but that's the truth right yeah. and so yeah. and so you you like well, it just came right off the cuff well it came right off the cuff because you had actually trained to be right off the cuff so mm-hmm. all this stuff is kind of like that I think you just get what you put in you gotta build relationships yeah <laughs> you you're like condensing all down again. talking <laughs> exactly yeah well anyway. anyway so guys how's this Christmas album <laughs> <laughs> you have a Christmas album thank right? you guys for keeping it on yeah. point We're just finally it's Christmas yeah. I want to know what goes into creating an original Christmas song because it's like there's only so much you can sing about yeah, and there's a ton of Christmas true. songs it's, it's kind of um, the funny thing in, obviously uh, in one way writing Christmas music is exactly like writing any other kind of music right? because uh, I think the, the thought is well Christmas music there's only so much to write about but I mean, how many love songs can the world really need? Great um, you know, but, <laughs> great point. I think True. the struggle with Christmas, though, is um, it's really easy to go too far, right? It's really easy to to try and find your own unique way to talk about it. Too much and, glitter, and then, like it was like uh, I heard someone singing a song, and it was like uh, I saw Santa kissing my baby, and I hate him. And I hate Christmas. And you're like, well, well I've never heard one like that yeah. before, but there's a reason why. But, you know, you're just... So I decided to deck Santa yeah. right there. Uh, and on Santa under the tree. Uh, the, the idea, of, I, I think building what we were saying, it there's a, there's a liberation in creating sort of a box around creativity because you, you sort of free yourself from a thousand million possibilities of Focus. what songs can be like. You say, hey, this is about Christmas, right? So mm-hmm. what there are some things that we know that make you feel like this is a Christmas song. One of them is a feeling of nostalgia, like a feeling of reminiscence. Because regardless of whether you're religious, Christmas is celebrated by, you know, so many people in our culture. And a lot of it is coming back to grandma's house, eating a food that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. going home, 
sharing memories and so, so doing the yeah, same doing doing the same, the same thing things. you've done kind of hey yeah. every, you know everything's different but nothing's changed you yeah. know it's the same and so like that's one thing you're like hey we can pull like capturing that feeling and so for us like nostalgia is like the sound of the 60s or the sound of the 70s or the sound you know so you go like hmm like that's a feeling musically and then you do have like this subject matter of of like, hey, cold weather, you know, <laughs> like the framework snow. of snow. Reindeer. And so you, you have this like little tool chest to pull from. And then honestly, you, you sort of stop overthinking it and then you throw yourself into that box okay. and you throw yourself in. You're like, okay, all those things are what everybody else feels. Now, what, what do I feel? I feel? Yeah. Like, and so, yeah. and hopefully you walk out of the song with that. And, and that's like the song, Finally It's Christmas, which is the title song. Um, it, you know, that's an example of it kind of, it took us, you know, a couple of years to, to culminate, but it was sort of built on the DNA of all those things. You know, like it's got a little bit of rock and roll. It's got a little bit of like doo-wop and nostalgia. Um, it's got this, this theme of a part of the story idea of the song was, you know, that you have this, you know, Christmas starts the minute it ends and then continues until you reach it again. It's like the joke of like Santa's workshop, like, all right, we got all of that done. Great job, guys. Now 200, you know, 365 <laughs> years to the next Christmas and everybody starts building. And so every, every time Christmas comes back, it is sort of like we've been waiting for it all year. And, and so that I kind of got into that idea and you sort of think it's, it's sort of a facetious comment, but it's true. Like every Christmas finishes and now it's the lineup to build up to the next time. And so it, it's something that'll always come back. Um, so it also feels I, like everybody's birthday. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. It's like we all have, yeah, it's always, have, we all have a birthday. Hey, even if you don't like, Je- even if you're not, even if you don't have uh, a Christian faith, you can thank Jesus. He, he had a one birthday <laughs> and everybody else got <laughs> gifts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> truly selfless. Man, exactly. hey, truly selfless. This is like, this is like everybody's best but friend. But then again, gold frankincense and myrrh would be pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Cause last time I checked gold frankincense and myrrh are all very yes, valuable. Yes. When was, this album like written and recorded though? Last you recorded year. it a year ago. Oh, so yeah. you re- recorded over Christmas last year. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, so, how do you get into Christmas spirit when it's not around? Yeah, normally um, you have to make Christmas records in the summer, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you have to finish them and all, all that goes into getting a record done and being ready to come out in October, November. But we really didn't want to have to do that. And we, we also knew, knew we'd that be we tour. would be celebrating this 25th anniversary, touring all year long. There wasn't going to be time mm-hmm. to make a record this year. And so we just planned ahead and made it last year, sort of starting in September, October, and kind of worked on it. And um, it was it was much more enjoyable to get to make a Christmas record when it was somewhat cold outside. Yeah. Though, it was the <laughs> longest Christmas celebration I've ever been a part of, and like, I never want to do that. To, to, like, to that a point where it was like, no, 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 it's, there is a point where there's too much. Pressure. How long did you give yourself to finish it? Um, we did, so total between pre-production and writing it was about six weeks okay cool you know? and so it was and we worked with our we reunited with our producer that we worked on our first record with Mark Hudson who nice. was a great writer and producer um, and that was a reuniting thing yeah. first Christmas part, record part of the, oh the first Christmas the, record the, yeah, the record feels the way it does is because there was a little bit of a family reunion creatively with yeah. Mark and uh, the guy who engineered the whole record he'd done our third album so he was a good friend who he's also worked with bands like U2 yeah small bands awesome. from Dublin a little bit of 
the Irish. Um, and so, yeah. it would, like, you can sense that, I think, in the sound of the record. Like, it, it wasn't just the theoretical, like, write a record that feels like you're coming home. It, yeah, but it was. It, really it was, kind of was like, getting the band back together and telling the stories. And mm. like, we'd been through a lot with these guys. And so, uh, it nice. was a really good feeling. You know, you guys keep on mentioning you two. And why, them a couple times, why yeah. are they considered a rock band and you guys are always get the boy band label? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. It's a question I have for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the answer. I don't know. The reality is, um, so it's incredibly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, the I'm chick serious. from Hanson can't be in a rock. No, no, no. no it's, about, <laughs> it's about our audience. No. Yeah, yeah. It's about our, I mean, in all seriousness. I think so. Like, we, all this commentary about you know, equality, blah, blah, blah. But if you have an audience full of screaming girls. You're a boy band. The band, the, the music industry says. Your pop. Credibility is mm-hmm. questioned. Right, uh-huh. it, the Beatles. It took them making the record that all the boyfriends bought, Sgt. Pepper's, to get credibility. I mean, in all seriousness, and I'm not even like a get on the pedestal about uh, yeah. th- about that subject, but it's actually, I think, it's kind of true. It is and, sexist, and it's Absolutely. totally sexist. Actually, but it, it, but it is also, I think, it is the the nature of pop music, popular music, um, causes all of us to question it first. Like, if it's really, 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 really popular. You gotta go. Well, how credible it is it, right? It's easy to like the weird documentary but, about like you know this odd subject matter in this corner of the world is immediately. If you know about it at all, it must be because it's credible because it's certainly not popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I also think. I mean, I, we'll we'll just cross our fingers because I mean the the, you know, I, I think I think time is the the thing that kind of shall we say heals all wounds in some way or another. I mean. Who we are is who we've always been and who we will always be. We, we have, you know, for all the things that have changed, and there are many things that have, I think we're a lot more consistent than we are not. And I think we've been a band who writes about, you know, working through the rough times. And yes, we do write about love, but actually it's not. Not in yeah, not in the I way mean, that people might think, and and I think it's you know we're just we're just a band of songwriters, a band of guys who who really like writing songs, and just so happen to you know be able to play and sing in a way that we feel good about the results that we're getting. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it the thing about it, our story is ultimately like for all of the you know we kind of talking about this intellectually you caught us low sleep so we're being very like you know talking very (laughs) like big picture but i think um we really are confident enough in ourselves to to just keep plowing ahead you know that stubbornness no matter what you know because we're really doing it for our own we're doing it for our own you know like it's kind of turning your addiction into your job Mm -hmm. like we would be playing if it was to 20 people on the weekend in our bar band or to 20,000 and like that I think that's kind of like the guts of the whole thing is like if you would do it you know if you would do it in this room when no one listened and get incredible joy out of it which we do and I do I kind of you don't want to be around me very much if it's been too long without doing something creative like because there's this I can vouch for that yeah there's this fire (laughs) that you don't have you don't know what any other way to to put that into the world than to express it through those songs and so you know as far as perception and you know the you know you two you know example versus what's Hanson perceived as ultimately we really believe that if we um 
you know, if we continue to do what we do, time and your your history can only prove what you are. Yeah, your story is still being written. Is there? Is yeah, exactly. There's another thing too. It has to be. Like just yeah. you know, at this time of year, you know, Christmas. It's a time when everybody allows themselves to, you know, be a little more smaltzy and watch a little cornier movie. And mm-hmm. for some reason, more caramel There's corn. this perception <laughs> that we are. A little more wholesome, or a little more something. It's okay to be like and, real about your a, desire to go and, see your mom. And it's like, it's like, you know what? I think this is bullshit. I think uh, <laughs> the idea that things are only cool if they're dangerous, like the idea that things are only cool if you wouldn't actually live your lifestyle that way, you know, I think that's crap. Like it's just not real. And and like, who are we? We're guys who drink beer, have our own beer company. We're guys who have our own studio and make music and play in a band. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, when I go home, I get in my pickup truck and I drive home with my Rottweiler and I sit on my front porch and I shoot guns. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not like... You sound hardcore to me. I'm like, I'm like, screw that. So I don't have a drug habit. So I've never uh, had sex with a supermodel. Um, so, you know, like, it's just, you know, life is I was is about to try and compliment real. your wife, and then I realized it'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to help you out there well, for a no, second. My wife is beautiful, and she I was, was, gonna a, try she and was never a model, mind. and I just mean, like, it doesn't fall into this, like, stereotypical, like, yeah. famous supermodel that, you know, like, she's just, like, an amazing woman that, you know, anyway. Is there another song that you wish <laughs> the majority of society defined you guys with, rather than Umbop? I mean, I don't let's think just... that would fix like stereotyping, right? If it was a different song, it would okay. be another like stupid form of stereotyping. Yeah, but songs like "Think About Something" and those other bigger songs you've had that weren't as big yeah. as Zumbop, obviously, are phenomenal songs. Sure. But they just don't get the Overshadowed. millions of views and listens that a lot of other guys like you would get. What's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I would say that a band this many years in, like, if you intellectually think about it. It would probably make some conversations easier to have a, you know, to to break at twenty or whatever would would simplify certain dynamics when you talk about a band, like because you don't change as much as you do when you're when you when you show up at fourteen. You know, fourteen, the shift you're going to make is so dramatic between that and the next. Yeah. Um. So I think in some ways maybe a career, like a really long career might have some simplicity to starting at twenty two or twenty four, mm-hmm. but I will say this. The, the thing that's funny about that, I, I think about our conversation last night about start about um, how Flash could time travel. He oh, went yeah. to fix the death of his mother, and it so, yeah. turned out that he actually about, ruined the entire yeah. world by saving his mother's life. The funny thing about reliving, like rehashing your history, and uh, is he's talking is, about Flash, the superhero, yeah. and. Yeah. How time travel is like this concept of fixing or changing yeah. history. You always think, hey, if I could. The funny thing about ever going down that road is that assumes that all these other things would stay the same. All these other things would happen. And what's crazy is we have had 25 years of making music. And you know what? We don't have any like epic, horrific life or business scandals because we somehow survived to a degree that we have. We've made just enough mistakes and had just enough burdens and struggles that we are still intact and we actually are still doing what we love. And so if I think if part of the, the our story is it starts with Umbop and it leads us 25 years in doing what we're doing, I would kind of be like, keep your head down and don't ask to get <laughs> yeah, a hit. Right. Like, don't ask, don't dare fate to be like, oh, really, you wanted to do I, I, I think Umbop has actually been 
amazingly powerful for us and our fans because um, I don't think we would be as strong a unit if we didn't have such a song that was so genuine and real yet completely misunderstood. Um, Like Umbop is about passage of time, right? Mm -hmm. The the phrase Umbop actually represents that in the song. But but it's a song that is like it says few things will last. You have to hold on to what matters because and in you an have to fight for them. they'll be gone, right? Well, and the so when you look story. at our fan base, when you look at our yeah. fan base, when you look at our band, um, we understood from the moment we burst onto the scene that very few people would really understand who we are, uh, and it's come true. And every year, every time somebody misunderstands you, the fans who got it go. I'm in the right group because I get it. Like we get it. We are a unit. (laughs) And this song is made real over and over and over again by the fact that whether you're successful or not, people just most things in life come and go. And so when somebody tattoos a Hanson lyric on their arm or comes to their 50th show or their 150th show or brings now their daughter or their brother or their husband or their wife, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. like suddenly Umbop yeah. is made real over and over and over again. That's beautiful. Yep. And it's uh, really well said. I know what motivates you making music today. I know why you do it. But is there a secret hope? that you're selling records the way you used to sell records because your story is still being written. Sure. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. You're, you have yet to really be defined. I think there's a secret hope that Anybody sells records. On a completely non-hanson uh, well, level. Well, let's hang just, on, hang let's on, just on. say this. Obop was number one in 27 countries Dude, you countries sold 16 million time. records. So yeah. do you want to be number That's one in 27 countries at the same time? Sure. Sure. Yes, absolutely. That sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that happens in the process, that doesn't suck. Yeah, of course not. I think all. it's more about what um, uh, what gets you there. You know, mm-hmm. what's the DNA that gets you? Because if you looked at, um, it'd be like it'd be like asking you know us when we had sold like three thousand copies of our local thing, we would have been proud and talking about how how we got to where we were at that time in two thousand ninety four. But yeah. it's like, do you are you are you really proud of this, or do you wish you were selling a million records? On like, of course you're selling a million records, great. But the, still, the thing. That makes you who you are doing what you're doing is the thing that allows you to stand there and fight another day right allows you the chance to write the next or to fight for the next right because without that it's like you know where's the code like mm-hmm. what what do you fall back on like what do you what's the what's the track that gets you from here to here mm-hmm. and and the fact that ultimately you are um you're a craftsman like you're yeah. like there's a trade well, right. and, on a, and on a big picture level, too, I mean, I, I am, you know, back to the kind of joking comment about hoping that people sell records. I mean, I am actually really concerned about the future of the music business because I have a lot of friends um, who are fantastically talented musicians uh, all across the country and in particular in places like Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we grew up, who really can't actually sell a record. They No one will they can't buy make it. a living. Mm-hmm. They can't. Ma- like, we came up at a time when you could, man, you could sell like 10 or 15 records at a gig. And I mean, you'd make like 
a hundred or 150 <laughs> bucks. I mean, that's a big deal yeah. or maybe more than that. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, these days, I mean, it is impossible. Well, now you have to stream to like, sell records locally. They can't do it. Well, because they stream. And right, exactly. Yeah. And it takes four million streams a month. To make That's minimum getting wage, minimum wage, Hanson rivets. So anyway, but 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 that that's neither here nor there, I guess. But it is a it is the backdrop of what I what I am what I am concerned about for the for the future of music as a whole, and and what I and what I hope because I think that there is a real I think there's a real prosperous future both for the fans and for the bands in the future. But I think it's going to take so it's going to be complicated. But it really disheartens yeah. me because I thought that like maybe over the last decade. Maybe yeah. f- four years ago, five years ago, I thought there was a shift, right? I think Macklemore yeah. and Ryan Lewis maybe kind of yeah. start to like ignite something. There's something. Yeah. Well, until until artists in, until artists are born. I mean, Macklemore is actually and Ryan Lewis is a great example. They really did like that. Was like whoa, and even guys like Chance the Rapper. But yes. Chance is unfortunately, I think, is almost a little bit misguided in the fact that he thinks he's being lib- like a liberator by being the streaming guy. But what he's really saying is, hey, generation, and I think he's great uh-huh. musically, hey, generation that's never grown up with albums, never grown up with streaming is the only way. And th- this would be the rewind. To, to not get into a rant about, you know, just sounding like we're complaining no. about stuff. It's the, uh, the, the, the question is really, do creators begin to say this is how it should be done not let watch watch commodity for you know controlling you yeah. know bodies use the creators and that's what technology companies apples has used music to sell ipods and iphones you know that they've used you know radio stations unfortunately have used music to sell ads for generations i mean it's in creators like you guys know like your audience is on like 10 different platforms probably at all time connecting thinking sharing buying you know tweeting and and so brand is really the only thing that stands in the end like mm-hmm. do i trust that you're going to give me a good idea or going to tell me about a cool movie you're going to you know, like and so the creators that have that like We've got to we've got to kind of grow a pair a little bit and 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 you know, and sort of work together to say this is how it should work. The other thing too is back to the umbop thing. I mean, I I think for us, you know, the greatest thing about being misunderstood when you start is it makes you fight mm-hmm. that much harder for the thing that you know you are and the thing that you believe in, and, and also the backdrop of being quote unquote uh, you know understood or not. It, you know, the the song Umbop was about being misunderstood. The song Umbop <laughs> was about trying to figure out where you fit in the world. And it actually makes a ton of sense, you know, given the context now. And I actually think, you know, I don't think we would have started the label and done the things we've done for the last 15 years were it not for some of those challenges. I, in fact, actually, I'm certain we wouldn't have because yeah. it would have been a completely different world. So. Hansen. I have one, two quick things. The first like one, a water I, hose to the face. <laughs> Speaking of Umbop, how many times do you think you've played that over your career? Hmm. Uh, less, less than you'd think, because I think in the end, um, we're probably at 4,000 concerts total. I mean, tops. So, yeah. you know, a few thousand times. Why don't you think you get enough attention for what you do? Because for me personally, if it wasn't for my friend Maya, who is a Hanson super fan and played in her car while we were on a road trip a few years ago, I probably wouldn't know that you guys still were making all this music. Sure. But we listened to it for hours. and I was like, this is great. I think that's sort of like asking, why don't we have flying cars? Who the f*** 
Yes. <laughs> there he goes again. Fair enough. That's a you great really know. Like, I, this is I, I'm going to say a slightly more constructive thing, <laughs> uh, which is which and is. Please and don't drop any I think S or F. Mark. I'll stick with that and we'll build on on Zach's um, beautiful commentary, which is I think I think the thing to keep in mind is the way that you know about Hanson previously is not as a fan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You I know, know about I knew you guys. The you know, Bob like guys. Hanson, like McDonald's fries are the best fries. Yes. Right. So whether you, you eat them or so, not, that's so. Just in a lot the of ways, yeah. the comparison to I I know Mbop and then I, I get to know thinking about something is not really equal because you're you're comparing like I know a pop culture awareness, which that song reached such a stratosphere that it hit people in a way that was like you know Taco Bell. Yeah. You know? It and so culture. and so the fan, if you actually compare if you actually compare the percentage of people that bought music and that came to shows and that in the, for instance. In the year 2000, our second record and the record that our label uh, essentially bailed because it was the new label and they didn't know what to do with it, um, we're selling more tickets today than on that tour. Really? Three years after. Yeah. And so... Wow. The, we sell more. I think. Today. I think the thing, and this year's tour. We just tour, did all year. And so, <laughs> and, and so the the thing that why you know, was that? And that's where um, uh, the thing about. Um, just bad management no. of them and mar- <laughs> bad marketing of a label that didn't know. I mean, to do that's it. really surprising. But, but the yeah. thing is, but that's a good thing for us point, from the point of view of like we've maintained an incredibly strong fan base all over the world, which is crazy. But when when you think about what we're doing, like we have taken on, and this is where a lot of you know maybe this brings it full circle for the artists of the future. You cannot base what you're going to do based on the guy that knew about passively and then suddenly gets a new perspective passively 15 years later. You can hope to connect with you and hope that you're going to you know, become a, a part of that fan group. But the, the real heart is, why am I doing it? And then, Where am I? And then how have I fostered the connections with those that were really made? And then build that and build that and build that and then keep giving yourself a chance to, to walk up to the plate and swing big. Mm-hmm. And then hope, and hope that you... The hope that you that you hit bigger and bigger audiences and grow things and but but um realize that you can't chase some you can't chase the the passive perception you have to chase the thing that you know you can build on and make it great every day and that connects our entire conversation yeah mm-hmm. beautiful should we say it together you got to build Real relationships, relationships. Yes. 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 Nice. <laughs> it. finally it's christmas it's hansen's <laughs> second christmas album yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. Thank you. Last question. No, I'm just saying if anyone's like me and didn't know, like go back and listen to the, the songs on YouTube with the most views. Like they are so much better than Umbop. They really are. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Well and, and I'll bring it full circle and full on plug. You should buy the single that we put out this year on the great you should get the greatest hits record. If you're cur- you're curious, buy the middle of everywhere deal. It's twenty five songs and there's one new song on it. And that song, that first song is called I Was Born. It's it's like if you could sum up everything we keep saying that song just like sums it up says in three minutes. It. And it, it's it's um you know, open yeah, open up the the, the, the box. But you gotta go to Hanson.com, right? Yeah. Hanson.net. Dot net. Dot net. Yeah, well, well it's also on iTunes. Yeah. Okay, got it. And well, yeah. But boom. Well, some songs from the greatest hits is streaming, right? Yeah. Not all. Mm-hmm. No, uh, not not everything. Well, that's some Couple of that songs. is label related. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Previous the, label. Uh, understood. It's okay. Yes. We'll own it all in the end. Don't yes. worry. There you go. <laughs> but yes, you and, it's and beautiful. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it other places. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Open up. Come like circle back and and discover what we've been yeah. doing. Hanson.net. Thank yeah. you guys so much for taking the yes. time. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Hanson, everybody. Woo! 
This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.